This episode of your favourite podcast is brought to you by the Pooptronic Cellular New Media Division's Director of Operations, A.B. Silver, and the fine folks at Pooptronic Cellular, the galactic leader in planet-to-planet mobile phone service. Countdown for blast off. Welcome to the Pooptronic Cellular Half Hour Pop Culture Podcast, recorded live at Pooptronic Cellular Moonbase Alpha, featuring your host, employee 23538 Gamma, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week, I think it's going to get a lot less weak because we got a uh, we got an Anthem movie special, and we are going to talk about three films I saw. One of them, one of them was one of the most anticipated movies of all the times, Captain America: Civil War. And uh, guess what? Our boy Iceberg Thirteen is back from uh. He is back from New York, and, uh, I don't know, man. Let's see what that fool has to say about it. So, yo, Iceberg, what's poppin', dude? It's nice to have you back, man. How was that trip? I guess, uh, you and A.B. Silver were down in New York, so... How'd it go? You know, what was it like? It was okay. Hamilton was fantastic, but the city was rather disgusting. There were hobos sleeping everywhere, and people walk around while eating food. It was disgusting. Well, I don't know, dude. You know, New York's got that thing going where, like, they have hot dog carts everywhere and people walk around eating franks. They got, like, this this street food deal, you know. Food, trucks, outdoor cuisine. I don't know, man. What do you got against it? Like I have said, eating is a terrible habit. It might be a terrible habit, but it is. It's necessary. So you saw the uh, musical Hamilton. You said you liked that. You didn't like the hobos, you didn't like the food, uh, what else did you do? We also saw a baseball game. We had premium seats. The Yankees? That sounds cool, man. What did you, uh, what did you think of that? Did you enjoy it? No. AB and I left after a few minutes. You left premium seats at Yankee Stadium? Uh, what for, dude? It was very boring. Also, he dislikes American sports. He is a soccer enthusiast. He calls it football. We also were at the premiere of Captain America Civil War. I saw it I believe a week before you did. Yeah, I heard uh, AB left the uh, message on my machine last week telling me all about it. He didn't like it, but uh, you had to like it, man. Did you, did you uh, enjoy doing that? Did you have a good time with that? No, I did not. It was quite stupid. Just a lot of fools in spondex fighting amongst themselves. It was awful. Well, I don't want to spoil my review or anything, but, you know, I saw it too, and I liked it, dude. I thought it was great. You did. Why am I not surprised? I'm actually more surprised that you didn't like it. It was a really great movie. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was fantastic. So, uh, I don't know, man. Let's get down to it. Did you make a song for us this week? No. I was too busy in New York to make a song. I do not know if I will be doing that any longer. A.B. says that the listeners might not appreciate my talents. What, dude? That's weird. So just because A.B. Silver said something to you, you're gonna quit making music? 
Of course I will be making songs. I am an artist. I cannot stop making art. I just will not be sharing them here. I will keep them in a vault for future generations. <laughs> so what, dude? You're like Prince. You're gonna be uh, keeping all your tunes in a vault for people to enjoy in the future when they have uh, grown as a society? All right, man. I should expect nothing less than you from the uh, than the worst possible outcome. All right. So uh, I don't know, man. Without further ado, let's get moving into the uh, next part of the shoot. This is the Pooptronic Cellular Half Hour Pop Culture Podcast. Welcome to the future. Have you seen this Hershey's commercial with uh, that Steve Winwood song, Higher Love? I think in the commercial, his daughter, uh, Lily Winwood, is singing. But have you seen this commercial? It uh, Every time it comes on, I watch it, I get a bit misty. <laughs> Which, you know, it's kind of silly, but it's also kind of fun. I guess it means it's an effective piece of advertising. I hope you have seen it. Um, in the thing, there is this adorable uh, freckle-faced girl, and she wants to spend more time with her father, who is... He works from home, but he's always, you know, always doing work. So she, uh, she goes out and she gets a big cardboard cutout of her dad commissioned at a copy shop. And then she brings it back home and she puts it in front of his computer to fool all the people that he works with while they, uh, they go together in the kitchen and they make some s'mores out of, uh, you know, Hershey's chocolate. And they hit the musical cue perfectly. She is putting... The chocolate s'mores in her mouth at the same time Lily Winwood is saying, you know, bring me a higher love. It is fantastic. It is a fantastic piece of advertising art. I will I will post it in the show notes, but I imagine that you have seen it on TV. It is, um, man, every time I see it, I get misty. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't care, man. Things make me get misty sometimes. I, I have a heart. I'm a sentimental person. Uh... I was also thinking about this the other day. Uh, have you guys seen Ip Man 3? I have not seen Ip Man 1 or 2. They're like karate movies or kung fu movies, and that's not really a, not really my genre, so I hadn't seen them. But in Ip Man 3, Ip Man has a fight with Mike Tyson in it. And uh, if I were you, I would go out of my way to find this scene. It is fantastic. A lot of it is shot from a POV, a POV view of Ip Man. So you see Mike bobbing and weaving and coming toward you throwing hooks. And it's horrifying. I cannot imagine, even at his age, what it would be like having this person moving in front of you. He uh, he looks like... He is so fast. Mike Tyson is fast. I, uh, I don't know if you know that. His... His body is not the biggest for a heavyweight, so when he's moving around, it uh, it's a small, power-packed force of nature coming at you. And this fight that he has with Ip Man is great. It's put together really well. It's choreographed great. And it just made me think that it's weird that Mike's not working more in American cinemas. They should make a whole Mike Tyson series of action films where he fights different guys. It would be awesome. I was also thinking this would be awesome. What if they took Iron Mike and they put him in the uh, Fast and Furious crew? Just, like, put him in there as himself. He joins Dom's crew. You know, he's kind of... He's the one that teaches him how to fight, how to throw hands, how to take care of themselves. You know, he's a, a real street-smart kind of guy. I think that it would be great. I mean, you already got The Rock. You got Vin Dees, you know. And with uh, the loss of Paul Walk, 
you might need something to pick up the uh, slack. And I'm just saying, you know, maybe you think about putting Iron Mike in there and Dom's crew. I mean, we could see him every movie having a fight with somebody and it would be great. You could see him whipping around in a car. I don't know, man. The more Mike Tyson on my screen, the better. Uh, all right, my guys. Enough of those uh, silly thoughts I got bouncing around in my head. Let's get moving right now into uh, the main feature of the show at the movies. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Siskel, or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? Gentlemen, I hope you appreciate the situation. Things have gone south. No doubt. Now, whatever you saw or did is no longer my concern. But let's be clear, it won't end well. So our friend Mike works for the uh, local theater chain. He is the booker. He's the dude who negotiates with the companies to bring the movies to your location. Basically, it's a, a lot of negotiation about how many screens is it going to get? How many showings are there going to be per day? How long can you guarantee it's going to be in the theater? Things like that. Anyhow... Mike is a good family friend. My wife has known him forever. I swear to you, she's known him probably like 25 or 30 years. He's a nice guy, real great guy, knows everything about the movies, and every once in a while, uh, he will, you know, he'll call up, and every time he does, I always mention some movie that I want to see, and this time around, the movie that I was dying to see was Green Room. I'd read a few reviews, and the movie looked awesome. I, I wanted to check it out, but I was not sure that we were going to get it here. It was only opening on a small release, so I told Mike, get Green Room. If you can do that for me, I would really appreciate it. I'd like to check it out, and he said, well, I'll give it a try. Uh, the last movie you asked me to get, The Bronze, with a Melissa Rauch, made, um... It's opening weekend here. I think it made $190 is what he told me. So he's like, I'll do my best with Green Room, but, uh, you know, I can't promise anything. But then when the Friday rolled around, there it was. Green Room opened. I was happy, so I felt as if I got to go on opening day. So me and the old wife, we rolled over there to check it out. Uh, and happily, there was a bunch of people in the theater. There was probably, you know, 30, 40 other people. So I don't feel as if this one clunked as bad as The Bronze, which did clunk pretty hard. So the movie itself, I will uh, I will deem it as fantastic. The basic story is there is a small-time punk rock, punk rock group, and they get booked to play at an Oregon uh, skinhead compound. They don't know that ahead of time. They do know... That there is some skin activity, but when they get there, it's all skinheads all the time. They're surrounded, and they play their set, and they're getting ready to leave, but then one of them forgot that they left their phone in the green room, and when she goes back to get it, they walk in on a murder, and things go downhill from there. Um, the skinheads have to get them out of the room. They lock themselves back in the green room. The skinheads are just like... We got to take care of these guys. We can leave no witnesses. And they got to get our boys out of the green room. And man, it is incredibly violent. It is so violent. It's gory. There are dog attacks. People get eaten alive by dogs. There, there are stabbings. Just 
anything you can think of takes place during the course of this movie, but it is a fantastic thriller. It is so tense. It is well put together. It is a short, tight hour 36 minutes, which is perfect. It just like, it starts with a lead-in, they explain what's going on, then the movie starts, and you are on the edge of your seat the whole time. Oh, check this out. This this will explain to you how edge of the of, of my seat I was. We're sitting there watching the movie, and I'm just, I'm really tense. And then these kids walk in, which I hate. I hate it when people walk in during the movie. You know, people who don't have tickets are just coming in to see what's going on. But it's, uh, it's near the end, and these kids walk in, and they sit down in the front row, maybe the second row, and they start... They start checking out their phones. All three of them open up their phones, and they're all just standing there, you know, sitting there, rather, looking at their phones. I can see the screen. It's bright. It's driving me bananas. It's driving me bananas. I hate that. So I'm sitting there, and I'm getting more annoyed and more annoyed because this is, like, the tense part toward the end of the movie where you're going to find out if the characters survive. And I went to mutter to myself, quit playing with your phones. But I was so tense that it came out not quite a yell, but it came out pretty loud, like, quit playing with your phones, and they put their phones down immediately, a couple people in the audience applauded, I guess they were annoyed, uh, but uh, too shook to say anything, you know what, I think sometimes in life you gotta say things to people, you don't wanna yell, you don't wanna be disruptive, but I probably should've walked down there, gave them the, uh, you know, I'm a grown man look, cause they were kids, and said, hey, uh, quit playing with your phones, but it came out as a yell, they stopped playing with their phones, I was applauded, and Green Room is great. Go see it right now. Uh, see it immediately. If it's playing near you and you don't mind violence, I will highly recommend it. It's uh, it's sitting at about 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, so, you know, it's like more people than not are really enjoying it. Uh, oh, Patrick Stewart's in it. He plays the evil skinhead leader, and also the movie stars the dude who was uh, Chekhov in the Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies, the one where... Uh, Chris Pine is the captain. He's kind of the main guy in uh, Imogen Poots, who you might know from uh, 20 Weeks Later. 28 Weeks Later is also in it. I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out. So, with all that said, let's move into the second movie I saw of what turned out to be a pretty good movie week. I'm sorry. I got in my cab. Anyone shady come by here? 17th Street Blitz. Where are they? 17th Street. I'll take a white wine spritzer. You can't talk like that. These are violent people. You in the right place? Damn, we're in the right place! Oh! You touched one hair on my cat's head! Never mind. Keanu, April 29th, rated R. Oh, yeah, I almost forgot the, uh, the source meter. Uh, the source meter for Green Room, if you're gonna rate it like it's a grindhouse film, four mics for sure. A solid four micer. Uh, real guaranteed pleasure if you like the grindhouse kind of stuff. So then the, uh, next movie we saw was Keanu by Key and Peel. You might know Key and Peel from, uh, that Comedy Central show that they do. They've also, I don't know, man, they've been in all sorts of stuff. They were in Fargo, even on FX. So at any rate, we went to see Keanu. On a uh, pleasant Monday afternoon, Keanu is currently sitting at 77% over on Rotten Tomatoes, which means, by and large, people liked it, and I myself, I liked it quite a bit. I thought that it was, I thought it was pretty funny. The basic idea of the story is that, you know, I gotta be honest, I don't know which one is Key and which one is Peel, but the shorter one of the two, uh, 
His girlfriend breaks up with him and he's distraught until the day he finds a baby kitten that goes by the name of Keanu. That's what they named it, rather. So he, uh, he gets Keanu and having Keanu helps to turn his life around. He is just in love with this adorable kitten. The kitten helps him find a new purpose. He's renewed. Everything is great. He's back. Back being the man he was until one day some crooks break in and they kidnap Keanu. You know, they steal a bunch of stuff, but they also, you know, Keanu is an irresistible kitten, so they take him as well. Eventually, Key and Peel track Keanu down to, uh, to the leader of a gang. A gang made up of the toughest dudes in the Bloods and the Crips. Dudes so tough that they were thrown out of the Bloods and Crips for being too much, being too crazy. And they have since formed their own gang known as the Blips. Get it? Bloods and Crips combined. I, I myself, I, I, I don't know, man. I laughed out loud and they're just like, it's the Blips. We're going to go, uh, we can't go up against the Blips. Anyway, Key and Peel have all sorts of adventures in trying to get Keanu back. They have to pretend to be gang members themselves to infiltrate the Blips so they can get closer to uh, Keanu and hopefully get their hands on him. I thought this was, I thought this was a pretty funny movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It did seem as if it played long. I don't know. It was only like an hour and 45 minutes, but it seemed long. There was some stuff. There's a whole scene with Anna Ferris where they're, um, the blips are going to deal some drugs over in Anna Ferris's house, and I think that they could have cut that whole part out. Now, that's not to say that it wasn't funny, because it was, but it didn't add a lot to the story, and it was like 10 or 15 minutes. I could have knocked it down to a tight hour and a half, and I, I like Anna Ferris. I think that she is very funny. I think that she's underused. I know that she has some kind of a sitcom, but I don't watch it. I would I would uh, enjoy seeing her in some more movies, because I don't know, man. I think that she, I think she is an underused talent, but I don't know, man. I'm gonna give Keanu a big thumbs up. I think that you know, if, if you're in the uh, in the mood for like a screwball comedy or something, this might be right up your alley. It is funny. There are there are plenty of laughs in the movie. It's not not bad at all in any way. I'm gonna give it like three, maybe three point two five mics on the source meter. Um, I don't know. I liked it. I was happy with it. Uh, so with all that said, let's get into the third movie I saw. The most important movie I saw. In all of the week, a movie that goes by the name of Captain America Civil War. We're outside the law on this one. They're not planning on taking us alive. So if you come with us, you're a wanted man. Yeah, well, what else is new? Suit up. Captain's dangerous. Let's bring him in. Keep telling yourself that. This is gonna end well. Captain America Civil War. Get tickets now. Man, I'll tell you what. It is so nice of the studios to send over those commercials on VHS. They know it's my preferred format. And uh, for the fine folks over at Disney, I do appreciate it. So we just got back from seeing Captain America Civil War. Uh... The movie is presently sitting at 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. It uh, It's two hours and 26 minutes long, and it was directed by the Russo brothers. Now, it stars, of course, Chris Evans, Captain America himself, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Sebastian Stan is a major part of it as the Winter Soldier. There's uh, Tom Holland as the new Spider-Man, as well as uh, Marissa Tomei as his Aunt May. 
Isn't that crazy? Marissa Tomei is, uh, such a good-looking lady, and now she is in the role of Aunt May. Oh, uh, oh, how the times have changed. Anyway, we just got back from seeing the movie, and I'm gonna just start off by saying I thought it was fantastic. I do not know what A.B. Silver and Iceberg are talking about. Neither one of them enjoyed it. This movie is fantastic. I do not know right now if I enjoyed it as much as I did The Winter Soldier, which I recently called the greatest Marvel movie of all the times. I don't know if I enjoyed it that much, but I did enjoy it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. This was one of my most anticipated movies for a very, very long time. The... The Civil War storyline was based off a comic book by Mark Miller, and Mark Miller is one of my favorite comic book writers, either him or Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, Those are two of my go-to dudes, but the Civil War was absolutely one of my favorite storylines of all time. You got Tony Starks with his guys, you know, you got Reed Richards on his side, a clone of Thor, all this stuff. This is from the comic book. This is not the movie, and then you got Captain America with his side. He's got Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and it's just... I thought it was great. I read all the tie-in books. Right now, I got the graphic novels. I hate graphic novels. I don't, uh, I prefer to say comic books, but I got the trades, the trade paperbacks for just about every Civil War book. I was into it, and when I found out they were making a movie about it, man, I was jacked. And I will say, right now, the movie did not let me down in any way. Uh, I don't want to give away any spoilers, but I do want to talk about what it's about and some of the things that happened. A lot of it's known. That's one of the things about this movie that I did find a bit disappointing before we get started is that so much of it is known. There were so many commercials, so many trailers, so many everything that there wasn't any any giant surprises. The movie does go in directions you don't know. You don't know everything no matter what you think and it does end in a very surprising manner, but you um if if they could have somehow left Spider-Man out of the commercials and then all of a sudden during the movie there's Spider-Man, you might have pooped your pants. But as it was, it was still exciting. So anyway, I'm trying to tell the story without the spoilers, as I said. And the main crux of the conflict is that Tony Stark's and the government, the army, all those guys, they want to bring in the Winter Soldier. They believe that... He was involved with a bombing, and they need to bring him in. He did something really heinous, and they're just like, we gotta get this guy to justice. We gotta stick him in the raft. So, Tony Stark and all his guys, you know, the uh, the War Machine, the Vision, um, all the Stark loyalists are just like, we gotta grab him. And Captain America's like, look, he's my friend. I will not let you get him. And I really do think the Cap is right in this, because as much crime... And everything that Bucky committed. Ultimately, when you look at it, Bucky is a victim as much as anybody. He just wanted to be a good soldier. He just wanted to be a good person and help people and whatever. And he was captured. His whole life was stolen. And he was brainwashed into doing all these heinous things. Now, you probably do got to bring him in. But you got to bring him in so that you can help him. You got to... You got to do the right thing, and you got to try to turn him back to being on your side. So, some guys want to get Bucky, other guys want to free Bucky, and then there are a ton of good fights. There's a lot of good things about this movie, a lot of good stuff. You see the Black Panther for the first time. Um, he's never been, like, a favorite character of mine. I don't have anything against him by any means, but he's never been anyone who's grabbed me enough to try to, like, read their own book or anything. It's cool when he pops up. He looks neat. He has a great costume, but he's never been one of my faves, but... He's cool in the movie. He he has claws. I don't know. Um, 
I don't know, man. Like, ultimately, he is cool, and the guy who played him, I think his name is Chad Bozeman, does a great job. He has a pretty cool, like, uh, Wakandan accent. You see Wakanda in the movie, which is cool. Uh, there is a lot of fun stuff about this. You get to see Captain America jump all the time. I love it when he jumps out of something. Like, he jumps out of a plane or he jumps out of a window. It's just so neat. And the way they make him fight in the movie seems just reminiscent of the comics. You know, he's leaping. He's throwing his, uh, his shield is rebounding his imp- in impossible ways. Just, uh, Chris Evans, you know, he's just, he's just great as Captain America. Overall, man, there's not a lot about this movie not to like. Um, it is a bit long, but it's an epic movie. It's a big movie. You know going in that you are in for something big. You know, it's going to be a big story. It is going to be like a storyline-changing deal, so it has to be as long as it is. Uh, let's talk about Spider-Man for a minute. This kid, Tom Holland, I don't know him from anything, but this guy, he puts on a great Spider-Man. He takes it back to, you know, the uh, dorky high school freshman age Spider-Man, and he pulls it off really well. During the movie, I think this was the part that got the uh, biggest audience reaction when he first shows up and Tony Stark's in his living room trying to get him to join his team. People are laughing at just about everything Spidey's saying. And then during one of the fights when Spidey appears and he's fighting, first he's fighting Captain America, then he's fighting the Falcon, then he's fighting um, Hawkeye. And, you know, he's doing his Spider-Man, you know, shooting these jokes and these quips out, and people are into it. They are laughing with just about everything he said. I'm sitting next to 2.0, and she's laughing. She is laughing at everything Spider-Man's doing, just how he's supposed to be. I think when his movie comes out, I think it's going to be a pretty big deal. I see this one doing good. But, like I said a few minutes ago, and I know this isn't how they operate, but if they would have somehow kept it under wrap that Spidey was going to be in the flick, and all of a sudden you're sitting there watching it, and he pops out, you would have for real pooped your pants. I swear to gosh, you'd have been like... And that would be that. Uh, You're going to see this movie. I know you are. If you're listening to this show, you will eventually see this movie. So I don't know what I can say that would sway you this way or sway you that way. It's just awesome. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, Ant-Man is in it, and it was really nice to see good old Scott Lang. He brings brings some humor. Uh, Hawkeye comes back. And I will say this. I've never um, enjoyed the Scarlet Witch. I didn't like her in the last movie. She kind of, I don't know. She just didn't do it for me. But in this one, you will come around. You will come around on the Scarlet Witch, the Vision. He wears a sweater and he walks through walls. He's uh, creepy, like I would imagine him to be. And you kind of get the feeling there might be some kind of a romance in the future between he and Wanda. But uh, I don't know. I I don't know how much influence I'm going to have on you either way with this review. It was just, it was a good movie. And everybody's saying it's a good movie. I haven't seen a movie... This movie is being as widely praised as Batman versus Superman was slammed by everybody. This is just like the exact opposite. And I don't know, man. Of course, this movie is like a zillion times better than Batman and Superman. But um, yeah, you know how I stand on this. I think the movie Batman got overly slammed. At any rate, oh, there were some good trailers too. I got to see the uh, full trailer for Doctor Strange on the big screen, which is cool. They had Rogue One. Which was neat. Then another Ninja Turtles trailer. I don't know about that. But um, overall, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to give this like four mics maybe? Maybe just like four and a quarter mics? I don't know. I don't really... I do sometimes give quarter mics. But I'm not I'm not really in it for that. But uh, I enjoyed it a lot. I don't know if I enjoyed it as much as Winter Soldier. But I thought that it was 
maybe the second best Marvel movie, maybe the third. I don't know. It's possible Guardians of the Galaxy is a bit more enjoyable, so it's you know it's going to be up to your personal preference. But uh, this one, they really nailed it out of the park. Marvel, you did, you did your thing on this one. I got to give it like four and a quarter stars, four and a quarter mics. Loved it. So uh, let's keep moving on to the next segment of the Shizzo. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. He won't be sorry for long. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Pooptronic Cellular Pop Culture Slash Toy News Informational Moment. Alright, we are back for the final few moments of the show. You want to make sure right now to hop on over to supportthereport.com and join up as a show patron. You can give as uh you can give a smaller donation as a dollar per month up to whatever you want to give because right now I am working on a special episode that will be for patrons only. It's gonna be all about my time at QZAR. The Laser Tag Arena, where I was a marshal, also known as a referee. It's a great episode. It's already about 40 minutes in. I'm shooting for just under an hour. It's going to be fantastic, and it will be available only to those who support the report with a generous donation over at Patreon. And beyond that, I am working on a monthly, maybe bi-weekly show that will only be for patrons. This show is going to be called... The audio handbook of the Marvel Universe. It's going to be a lot like who's who in the DC Universe, except we are going to be looking at the Marvel version, the Marvel handbook. It's going to be great. But before we get going too far on this, I got to send a big shout out to my boy, Tapes from the Crypt. He just became a show patron over at uh, Patreon. I've been following dude over on Twitter for a while, and I got to say, dude's great. You can find him over at Crypt Vault, that's C-R-Y-P-T-V-A-U-L-T. He joined up and he became a $5 member. He earned himself a copy of the IC Robots Super Tape. Yeah, I don't know if he's gotten it yet. I hope he has. I hope he enjoys it. But he got it. It's on the way. And you can also follow him. Well, not follow, but you can go check out his blog over at uh, tapesfromthecrypt.com. That's like Tales from the Crypt, but with tapes. Dude's all about VHS tapes. A like-minded individual, I might say, because I also love VHS tapes. Uh, I don't know, man. We are running super short on time. I know that, uh, this segment is more or less just a commercial right now, but... Let's see, what is going on? Uh, the big news to me right now is that there is a rumor that Supergirl might be moving from, in, uh, CBS, rather, over to the CW Network. Now, I don't mind... Because to me, the most important thing would be to keep Supergirl on the air. And I don't think that she is drawing CBS level ratings. And I understand that she has something like a $3 million per episode budget, which is pretty big for TV. But um, in the long run, if she has to move over to CW, I am fine with that. Because it would mean that she stays on the air. And to me, that is the important fact now. The show would be down in the budget. We might not see her flying around as much. We might not see as much of the Martian Manhunter. I imagine he's kind of a expensive character to put on the air with his CGI and his flying and all that. But still, though, the show, you know, what gives the show heart is Melissa Benoist's performance as Supergirl. And as long as she's in there, as long as she's wearing the uniform, as long as she's smiling, fighting people, and just doing Supergirl, 
like Supergirl or even Superman should be done as just like a positive, happy, super nice, super sweet person. I'm happy, man. I just wanted to stay in the air. I just want to see it every week. And uh, one thing I would like if they did do it, and I don't know how they could do it, is uh, if she is going to move over to CW, I think that they should move her into the universe of the other characters. I want, I want it so that when... They're fighting Zoom and things get out of control or Arrow's fighting Damian Dark. They're like, um, let's call Kara. Maybe she can come over and knock him out. And then she comes over and she knocks him out. I think it would be fun. Anyway, we are getting near the end of the show, but I don't know if you know this. I was checking out the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast with my good pal Ferg. And the show started with a Pooptronics bumper. Now, I've had some private conversations with A.B. Silver and I know that he's going after some other podcasts. He has his eye on that one. couple other shows on the Retro Junkies Network. I know he's looking at Action Figure Blues. He's looking at Pod Stallions. He's just... He's looking to uh, get some new media for uh, Pooptronics and Ferg. If you're listening, um, I don't know if that's the way you want to go, man. Once they get their hooks in, their hooks are in. But anyway, we all got to get paid. And they might be throwing some fat Pooptronic stacks his way. At any rate, my guys... This is me, Icy Robots, signing off for Iceberg 13 and to some degree AB Silver. This is uh, this is episode number 78 of Pooptronics Media Presents, the half-hour pop culture podcast. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on the Pooptronics Cellular Moon Base Alpha, this has been a Pooptronics Cellular Broadcast Division production.